Well, welcome back to the Grey Lounge. If you've just joined the series, and I think that we're at uh, 31. Mm. Um, uh, Andy and I, un we're calling this Unplugged. Now, first of all, uh, where have you been? That's first Well, of that's all. a very good question, Andy. A very good uh, question. All episodes are available on YouTube. Um, we are in a position like the rest of the world whereby we're waiting for our live sport. And whilst we do that, uh, we've been joined by a series of top end guests. Mm -hmm. No more so than today. Mm -hmm. It was yesterday that Andy was saying there's too much gloom. Well, when you've spent half an hour with our guest, and we'll introduce you in just a moment, uh, today you will feel a whole lot better, trust me. <laughs> uh, before that, one or two cuttings from the newspapers, Andrew, as ever. This from the Mail. Happy Clappy fans, this is. Now, I checked the date again today. It's not April the 1st. Uh, the Premier League clubs apparently are about to offer an app to fans which would send virtual cheers and jeers to their homes from stadiums in under a second in an attempt to generate an atmosphere for matches behind closed doors. I mean, are you What's serious? Wrong with that? Well, what a waste of time. What's wrong with that? If you're sitting at home and you don't have the crowd there and you're watching the game, why, why can't you enhance it by adding crowd noise? Oh, the, the, app, the app gives clubs the option of using different sound levels for home and away supporters, which could reduce some of the objections to the Premier League campaign being concluded in neutral venues. There you go. It won't. Trust me. <laughs> now, this is interesting. I want to come back to this tomorrow when we've got more time oh. uh, just between the two of us. Patrice Ever has been talking yeah. and was given, uh, prior to uh, uh, Fergie's retirement, uh -huh. a guarantee... And, and this, where it's interesting is, if you listen to our radio programme a number of years ago, uh, the late David Meek, Manchester United uh -huh. reporter, legendary character in that part of the world, happened to suggest to Andy and I, he didn't think that Sir Alex had retired of his own volition, that maybe he'd been... Edged. Edged. And, mm. and Fergie, when, when he heard that, was furious. Uh, but he had apparently said to Patrice Ever, I will never retire... I will be here for another 10 years. His target that, se that close season were Bale and Ronaldo, and two weeks later, Fergie had gone. Now, wow. that is something that we will discuss at length tomorrow wow, okay. with a little bit of background knowledge yes. that, that you and I have. Um, uh, Roy Hodgson, 72, like Andy and myself, at the high end of the risk category, but can't wait to go back to work. And the Palace chairman, Steve Parrish, has said, we will take extra care we of him. He will be allowed. Oh, no, he will. Why? Uh, um, special circumstances. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, if I was 70, I'd be going back to work as well. I'm not even uh, Rick Parry has <laughs> told the, the chairman of the EFL, has told the Premier League, we will sue you if you don't relegate clubs. No, Rick, you won't. Why won't he? Because there's too much money riding on it, Andy. The well, this Premier League, not enough. Well, the Premier League would just cut off what already goes down the pyramid and say, OK, take us to court. We'll see you there in 10 years. So, no, you won't. empty threat? I think empty threat. That's, that's my view. From Scotland, Neil Doncaster saying we have to get restarted. Our game is in grave peril. Well, I think we know that. Mm -hmm. But here's the more interesting aspect of today's negativity. Right. Uh, clubs are going to test for respiratory and cardiac flaws uh -huh. before allowing players back to training. And the Premier League Doctors Association have raised serious concerns over a restart because they believe it's not safe. Well, there you go. <clears throat> You pay your money and you buy what you want to read. Our guest today is the Sheffield United manager, Chris Wilder, who I can see smiling. He is. Maybe he's a little bemused at what I've just said. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, are you good to go? I'm good to go, yeah. Morning, everybody. Morning, Chris. Thanks for joining us. How frustrating a time has it Mate. been? Yeah, it's, it's, from, from, from a personal point of view, I want to go back to work. Um, knowing what the players are like, especially my players, and speaking to a few of the managers, um, 
as as you imagine, you'll have the same opinion. They all want to go back to work and, and, and get going. Obviously, you know the, the the key thing everybody's been talking about is when it's safe and ready to do so. But we're we're all after good news. Are you been optimistic, Chris? A, are you, are as, you as optimistic? Um, apprentice footballer from sixteen, and it's unprecedented times, but. You know, hopefully, you know, I read an article on the Bundesliga, which obviously we're taking our, 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 I think, obviously the Premier League are looking to see what's happening over there. There's some good news come out of uh, of, of, of that country over the last 24 hours, and, and hopefully we can all get back to work and um, resume a little bit of normality. Are you optimistic, Chris, that that can happen? I mean, we're hearing yeah. lots of stuff, but do you think there's a, there's, a, there's a point where we have to make a definitive decision? We either go... Or we scrap the season and build for next? No, I think we finish the season. I think however long it takes. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big believer that you can schedule, reschedule next year. This, this season has to be finished. I've, I, I, you read a lot, obviously, uh, while you're in the game and you've got yeah. a finger on the pulse. I think Steve Parrish has made some brilliant comments recently. Um, I don't think people understand what will happen if we do null and void the season. Um from my point of view, as a personal point of view, um, speaking to our chief exec and speaking to our club doctor, the club doctor, he's been involved in Premier League talks. He's on the committee. He's never once come to me and, and said, listen, this is in real grave danger of, of, of us um, ending the season. They're confident. The, the Premier League has shown an enth- enormous enthusiasm. My chief exec is, um, and not just because we're in the position, um, of, 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 of where we are um, I think everybody that is in the know understands uh, the implications if this, if this season was scrapped from, um, from a financial point of view of course and from, um, from uh, a social and um, uh, a moral point of view as well Do you understand <laughs> and accept that there will be caution that players, certain players are voicing concerns and you have to accept that yes? And understand them. Yeah, the LMA have been a fab, fabulous organisation for for the managers, and right the way through my my career as a young manager, breaking into the into the football league, they've always been there. So they won't put us at risk. The PFA, um, even though they've come under some criticism, I'm sure won't put their players at risk. So mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's still the process to go through with those two organisations, but. Uh, you know, I'm 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 certain that um, that that both those organisations will, will will give us the right uh, information um, and advice to 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 restart. I think there's going to be compromises through it because of 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 of, of the situation how it is with um, from a medical point of view, but um, putting in, putting plans in process. Putting plans in place to, to kickstart, restart for me is is, is 100% the correct decision. What what if you've got just one player, Chris, who says I'm scared and I don't want to do this, but the rest are with you and and want to continue? Yeah, that's it. It, it is his personal decision. Um, you know, the, the majority of, of of players have got their own minds. Of course, some some haven't. Some, as you as you can imagine, are, are, are directed and dictated by somebody else who looks after their career. Um, that's certainly not been the case for for me. I'm sure it hasn't been for for you two guys, especially Andy, who played. He was always master of his own career. Yes. And what well, what he wanted to do. Um, but the working class boys, um, you know. 
we are quite intelligent and quite bright, even though we get sort of uh, a picture of, of, of not being. We've got our own minds, but if players, if any individual player took that decision and came to me and said it's not for me, I'd I, I, I respect that. As far as I'm concerned, speaking to the players, speaking to the captain of the football club, and as I said, keep saying, not just because of the position we're in. And I do think as well, I think that one of the slight disappointing things is that, you know, I think people have took a line on their position in the, in the, in the division, which I think is a little bit disappointing. I think we've got to look, look at a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. I've obviously had a, an experience of, of working in, 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 in all levels of, of football, mm-hmm. and I do understand the implications if the Premier League uh, didn't restart and what uh, effect that would have down the pyramid as well. So I think we've got to look after all aspects of football. But yes, yeah, certainly, if any player comes to me and said it's not for me, I'd respect that and, um, and we move on. What other, what other fitness levels like right now, Chris? We've been, what, six, six seven weeks now since we, since we stopped playing. What other fitness levels are the lads like at the moment? Right, 100%. We're dialing into the players every day. Um, a little bit difficult from, from their point of view, from a, a psychological point of view, as we talked about. That's that they've been, you know, players want to get back playing and uh, and, and, and and working. Um, my players do. They're in great nick. Obviously, from from a ball ball work point of view, I'm working in small groups. We've not restarted that, and we've not restarted going forward off mm-hmm. off the numbers off that. But by all accounts. Um, they're not sticking the heart rate monitor around the dog and taking that for a run uh, as, <laughs> as you used to do in the old days. <laughs> Somebody do the work. They're uh, they're all working. They're not soft and um, and I'm waiting for that opportunity to get back playing. Look, I think a last one, and, and then we we'd love to take this opportunity just to talk about football. Yeah. But um, the legalities of the loan of the goalkeeper. His loan period expires June 30. Now, <laughs> you and Manchester United are nip and tuck. Andy will say Wolves as well, and he's, he's probably right. But you and Manchester United are nip and tuck for a Champions League place. Are you going to be able to hang on to him? Have you just said, have you, have you just said something there about a Champions League place? <laughs> <laughs> he has. I think we've just got enough points to stay in the Premier League. Though, and I think we've just got over that mark. Uh, Competing uh, with Manchester United, Sheffield United. Richard, you sure? I know it's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? Well, that's how that's how well you've done. Them. But it's happening. So, can you, if United, w- w- do you think United would recall the goalkeeper, or would it be morally correct to leave him with you now? I personally, will think it'd be morally correct to leave him playing for Sheffield United for the last ten games of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listen, we all know that because of yeah the legalities and and the situation regarding um, expiry of loans that they might take that decision um, but like I said we're, we're, we're not a threat to Man U so uh, <laughs> I'm sure that they'll be quite happy with the players that they've got and the, the players that they've got that we'll see them through the season I would but you so. are a threat to Manchester United you're definitely a threat I can understand look you at his, look his little smile there look at him there chuckling <laughs> you know full yeah. where you are <laughs> That's why you need to complete the, the season. The Ford Fiesta ain't going to get past the Ferrari, <laughs> Hey, remember the tortoise and the hare, Chris. Remember it. Remember it. <laughs> well, let's talk football. Where did you come up with this innovative plan to have overlapping centre-backs? <laughs> well, I, uh, I was in a... Uh, uh, I went to an LMA... Uh, or, uh, well, it was the induction of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola into, into the Hall of Fame. And I was sat on the table with Howard Wilkinson. And I think we, you know what Howard's like. And yeah. he's saying, 
will you shut up about this three at the back and five at the back and telling everybody where it come from and how it works? Keep it to yourself, young man. <laughs> so, um, no, it worked in... We It, it came about in, 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 in League One. Um, a lot of teams sat in. Uh, we want to be. We wanted to be a, a, a possession-based, uh, dominating possession in, in in League One. I always think there's always different ways to win a game of football and be effective in the way that you want to do. And, and the result, performance is obviously key, and we we all want to play well as many times as we possibly can. But results, obviously, especially for Sheffield United, getting out of that division were were were, were enormous. And um, teams were sat in, second part of the season even more so, sat in on the edge of the box. We wanted to create overloads out wide. Our two end centre-backs, all the three, uh, the back three were comfortable in possession and um, and, and off they went. Jack O'Connell's played left-back for us and he's played left-back in his career. Basham's played everywhere on the park. He was comfortable and it sort of, we've tweaked it from, from um, uh, over... Over the last two or three years, we have obviously didn't want to change it going into the championship, and it worked for two years in in there. And and yeah, we wanted to see how it how it went in the um, um, in the Premier League. Not so much overlapping from Basham and O'Connor when you're at, at Anfield no. uh, in January when you're getting done two nil, and uh, it used to be about six. Uh, I didn't see them overlapping then, but. Listen, it's it's worked in times. We're in a different, we're in a completely different level, obviously, in the Premier League. So we don't get as much possession. Um, we have to be aware of counterattacks. We have to be aware of unbelievable threats that the opposition teams have in the, in their uh, in their ranks, especially at the top of the pitch. So a little bit more cautious, I would say, this season. Yeah. But it works for us, and we're just going to we'll keep going with it. But does it does it frustrate you, Chris? Because had a Guardiola, you mentioned him. Had Pep Guardiola come up with this? <laughs> He would have been talked of as, as well, he is anyway, but um, modern-day football genius. Brit Chris Wilder comes up with something different, and it's almost a little bit like you downplayed your chances of going into Europe. Well, that, that's okay, but it probably won't last. Um, <laughs> but it has, hasn't it? And, and there's no reason why Brits can't mix it with the top continental boys, is there? I don't believe so. I, I, I think there's an enormous amount of quality coaches and managers in the, in the football league, um, and yeah, um, <coughs> there's obviously some that, that don't work out. But there's there's a lot of foreign managers that come into our uh, into the Premier League and um, and don't cut it. So you know, of course, I'm going to be an advocate of, of British managers and British coaches uh, because of the ones that we come up against. You know, mm. some unbelievable. Battles tactically that we've had in the in, in the championship and even in, in 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 League One, some great up and coming young managers that unfortunately never get the opportunity. I, I've always said, I always believe that you know the likes of myself and and Sean uh, and even Eddie have to take a team into the Premier League mm. to get to get uh, to get yes. a job in the Premier League, and um, I think that's just being realistic and, and honest and open. Um, and then you have to prove yourself in this division, and, and my players. Are, uh, uh, approving himself, and I think myself and my staff are, uh, are trying to establish themselves as as Premier League managers and coaches. And you know, difficult job to to get into this position, and even more so now to to, to keep going and, and maintaining that. But another reason that I was thinking you're there as well, what I've noticed hasn't gone unnoticed. I mean, you mentioned a couple of the managers there, Frank Lampard, for instance, at Chelsea. Great to see that. Tom, mm-hmm. you yourself, top six. Uh, Brendan Rodgers, Irish 
lad in the top six. I think that's fantastic for British coaches and Irish coaches. But it hasn't got to notice that your group, your squad, whatever you want to call it, has been based pretty much on a British and Irish mentality over the last three or four years, Chris. Is that, was that a conscious thing you, you did or did it just happen? No, a conscious decision, obviously, in, in, in League One. Uh, because you know that was that was our market, and mm-hmm. uh, I won't mention certain places where you have to go on a cold Tuesday night uh, to get <laughs> to get a result. Um, and I'm not saying that foreign players would uh, would not get that result, but I trusted I trusted the players. Mm-hmm. Nuno trusted the Portuguese players. You know, you look at that, and uh, you know, Pep has players from all over all all, all over the world, and uh, you know, um, uh, David Wagner had a lot of German players, so. It's players that we knew, obviously yeah. in League One that got us out. Uh, financially, we've not come and, and smashed it um, um, in the Championship. Um, we're not in that position to do so, so we had to be cute and, uh, and smart with our recruitment. We felt, we felt there were some players that could go on a journey with us. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you never know, stepping into the Premier League, how good they, 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 they can be unless they give the opportunity. And we, we believe that they deserve the opportunity. I've got to say, though, if, they, you know, if we'd have lost the first four or five games, would we have changed it? Of course we would have, or mm-hmm. tried to change it. Mm-hmm. But we've made we've tried to go through the, through the windows and improve, which we, we believe we've done in a, in a sensible manner. And um, and now the first we've we've never been you know the, the door's never been closed for us to sign foreign players yeah. and now we you know obviously from the last window we signed Zanderberg from Genk and you know a Norwegian international who is we've watched a young player 21 years of age who we feel will have a tremendous future for us um, and a couple of other boys that we've signed um, boy from a Greek international. Um, uh, from Germany and um, and a boy from China, uh, a Dutch under twenty one international. So we are opening up now, yeah. um, and yeah. I think the exposure that we've got, and obviously the performances and, and league position we've mm-hmm. got, we're now a more attractive proposition for for foreign players to come to Sheffield. Uh, but originally, yeah, to get out of League One after six years was was key, and I needed players that I could trust and I knew what 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 were about. And I still do now, really. Yeah. We just, we just obviously just opening our net a little bit more. There was some speculation you were going to bring Phil Jagielka back, but that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> <laughs> he was, yeah. he was with no, us a couple of weeks ago, Chris. Yeah, and we I, had I, I, I made out I'd, I'd not and noticed he, it. He hadn't been playing for any games. We've got one of the best defensive records in the division, sure. and he's still every Monday morning knocking on my door. Why, not, why am I not playing? Why am I not playing? In it? And that for me is 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 the group. You yeah, know, he's a great lad. Uh, in a nutshell, really, what they're worrying about. Are you? Let me ask you this as well, Chris, because Richard and I argue about this all the time. European football. I'm not going ahead of you here. I'm not getting ahead of ourselves. But should European football arrive? at your door, Sheffield United's door, in the shape of Europa League, whatever you want to, let's say, we won't, go, we won't commit you to Champions League just yet, let's say the one less than that, you're going to have to play Thursday night football, then the weekend, you want that, or are you anti it? Richard's always said, a small club like Sheffield, Burnley, shouldn't take European football. 100% want it, absolutely, Good. experience, experience for the club, experience for the players, yeah, and you never know where, where it takes you. You know, mm-hmm. nobody knew that we would be in this position, and I'm not saying we're going to repeat this next year. No. You know, we, we, we look to, to establish ourselves as a Premier League club. We want the, the, the fixtures of Liverpool, Man City, Manchester United, Arsenal, those brilliant clubs, Chelsea. 
uh, year in, year out. We know that's our bread and butter, but we'll give it a go. Uh, we've got a 25-man squad. If we get knocked out in the first two, first two rounds, we get knocked out in the first two rounds. If we if we go um, if we if we go further in the competition, we go further in the competition. Um, I think there obviously will we'll be have to be a little bit more rotation and a little bit more, you know, looking at other other players in the in the in the squad to play that, that those particular games. But we'll we'll use it as a as a as, as pre season games as yeah. well. I've, I've I've gone on record and talking about Wolverhampton Wanderers and Wolves are a great example in yes. terms of the way they play. Um, I think Nuno's a fantastic manager. Financially, they're at a completely different level to, to us. But they've given it a go, and um, and we will definitely give it a go. And uh, if we do manage to, you know, get European football for for this club, club it would be a, an absolute huge achievement in a, in in a in a you know an historic football club. What, what is Sheffield United? Does it genuinely, Chris, mean more to you? Locally born, played for the club twice. Um, um, managing your hometown team, the one you grew up supporting, does it mean a little bit more because it is Sheffield United? I think there's always going to be that, yeah, Rich. But I've got to say, I'd give everything to every club I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've managed and took every defeat and every goal that's gone against me personally, and every goal that we've scored and every win as if it's New Year's Eve. And that I've always, I've always, I've always had that same attitude. Um, I'm not so sure when when I lost three out of the first four games, it was a good idea to come back, <laughs> thinking, yeah. you know, house is up for sale, family's going to have to move out, we're, up, we're we're gone. This hasn't worked out well, but managed to turn it round. I think the bottom line is, though, you've got to win football matches, regardless if if I, I live half a mile from the ground. I was a ball boy supporter, and all my pals are Sheffield United fans. Or I come from I come from Portugal or Spain. Yeah. We have to we have to produce. Uh, results and win games of football and um, and you know that, I don't think that'll ever change by the way I can see the dog wandering around yeah. in the background what's the dog called? oh dear me Margot <laughs> she, she, Margot yeah did you say Margot? Yeah. is she a Sheffield United fan? <laughs> yeah I think so favourite player Billy Sharp yeah uh, <laughs> she, she, I think she's got a picture of Billy on her, on her, in, a, in a kennel shop yeah she, she loves Bill <laughs> Listen, Chris, I wanted to ask you. I've asked quite a few guys we've talked to that have, that have coached up and down the league or have coached different levels. What's, what's given you most satisfaction? Let me ask you. Winning the league, one, with Northampton, I think with 99 points? Uh, over 100. Over 100 points? Yeah. Winning that league the way you did or doing what you've achieved this year at a higher level? What was most, what's was most? what been most satisfying, do you think? Uh, uh, I think you just live in the moment, though. I think you just look for the next win. I, I, I'm not. Re- I, I've not really thought about what's happening last. What happened last year? I mean, it gets reminded. Obviously, I mean, I was involved 30 years ago when Sheffield United went up to the old first division, and it's been plastered. Obviously, social media. 30 years ago to this day, this is what happened. Obviously, uh, last year we 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 uh, finished our season at Stoke. I just think as a as a football manager, it's really dangerous to get out out of. Mm-hmm. Out of the present, um, I think you, you will reflect and look back. They all give me, you know, getting Halifax to the playoff final in yeah. terms of what what the situation was there. Getting Oxford out of of um, of of, uh, of the conference when I've got the late great Jim Smith, yeah. fellow yeah. Sheffielder, on my shoulder saying, "Son, if we don't win today, we're history." That <laughs> uh, so was. Uh, you, know, I, you can imagine with a, with a cigar in his mouth and a glass of red wine in his yeah. hands, uh, um, right the way through to the Northampton one when we had financial difficulties. Yeah. To obviously 
yeah, the one that you know, winning winning for Sheffield United, obviously, will be right up there. Yeah. Um, I think looking back, that would be the time to. But I think you just want to keep going, and we want more experiences, we want more memories, and um, I'm looking forward to that. And and that is obviously a, a, a slight disappointment is that the experiences that I would have loved to have shared with the, with the supporters in the last 10 games of the season yeah. will most likely be, be, be taken away. Going to, going to Old Trafford, going to Newcastle, you know, playing Everton, Spurs and Chelsea at home and, wow. and, and all those clubs, you know, little experiences that we would have, we'd have loved to be part of taken away. But we understand that. And, and if that's, that's the case, those experiences could get taken away for, for the good of, of getting back playing and um, and getting everybody safe then then it's a small it's a small price to play listen hey. last one chris um our gaffer's a sheffield wednesday fan yes would, would, would you just tell him what, what what is it like to be the powerhouse in sheffield right now <laughs> <laughs> i get absolutely slaughtered because I, 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 people tell me i managed to get every into every conversation about how well sheffield united are doing and how bad sheffield wednesday are doing and i think that is just Good. what happened you carry on that's Man no City. problem <laughs> andy will know obviously from the liverpool everton sort of situation and i'm not saying sheffield is 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 a liverpool everton sort of rivalry i mean historically both of those clubs are, are, are bigger than than our two but this is what we feel about yeah. in sheffield and and it's our time and it's our turn and and they can't be greedy. They've had it on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well uh, said, so, son, uh, right. Yeah, they, uh, and I'm I'm loving seeing more Sheffield United shirts. Yeah. Uh, in in the city, and I, you know that's that's part and parcel of living in this in this football mad city. But Sheffield United are the only t- club in the city, aren't they? <laughs> they are the only club in the actual city of Sheffield. Oh, yes. they are. So Sheffield, Sheffield playing Owlerton. Owlerton. Yes. So that's yes. not really in Sheffield. Not really. City. No, no, it's oh, on okay. the <laughs> I think he's in South Barnsley somebody's <laughs> 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 Yes. Chris, thank you for taking time out to talk to us. Thanks, and, Chris. Uh, uh, Top we class. hope you're right. Let's get busy thank again you. as soon as we can. Thank you. Good luck Sorry. to you. Keep it going. Thanks, Chris. That's Chris Wilder and Margot live yes. from Sheffield. <laughs> what a good man. I told you you'd feel better after talking to Chris. Well, no, it's, it's nice to hear some positivity yes. around. You know, I know it's... I know People are dying, Richard. I know we, you can't just dismiss that. Nobody is trying to. But I, 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 when you're locked up the way we are and the way everybody is, and all you're hearing is bad news, mm. sometimes it is nice to get a face and a voice like Chris's and an optimism around. And interesting also to hear that his club doctor is on the committee of the Premier mm-hmm. League doctors and he has not reported back anything to the contrary uh, yet. As I said, I, I've said to you, I think, and I've said from day one, um, that they're, 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 they're going for it, they're going to go and try and do it until, until somebody from a higher power like the French government did in France. Oh, that's what I meant to ask you. Mm. How can the French government say no sport in France till September and allow horse racing next week or next month? I have no answer. I'd like to know. I'd like to know. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at this very same time on Be In Sports, uh, wherever in the world you've joined us from. We're grateful for your company. Our international viewers will find us on YouTube every day at the same time. Tomorrow, up for discussion between Andy and myself, yes. was Fergie pushed? Oh, or did he go voluntarily? We'll see you tomorrow. Stay, Stay safe. safe.